0: Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild.
1: on mountain.
0: Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez joined by your one and only co-host, Erin Keller. And we also have our game biologist Mike Cox here. Always great to have you, Mike.
2: Good afternoon, both of you.
0: Thank you. And um, we wanted to bring you in today because there's a, there's some videos that have been circulating on social media. And through our email, we've been sharing it and we'll be sharing it soon on our Facebook page. So be sure to look out. But um, of a capture of bighorn sheep that we did in partnership with Utah.
2: Yes, with Utah Division of Wildlife Resources. It occurred last week in the east and Stillwater Ranges, north east of Fallon, east of Lovelock. Um, and we shared some desert bighorn sheep for Utah to start a new herd oh, wow. over just west of Beaver, Utah.
0: Wow! So this is huge for them because that's going to rebuild populations or build populations.
2: Yeah, it was a um, mountain range mm-hmm. that probably hasn't had sheep for you know over 100 years, and they've worked really hard with the uh, local livestock industry and the Bureau of Land Management. Uh, get on the same page and get everybody's support and approval to restore bighorn sheep.
0: And then we're able, we have a big enough population that we're able to help them with that by doing the relocation.
2: Yeah, we're, you know, the Stillwater Range is a story in itself where we put a lot of effort into that herd 20, 30 years ago and it just never built up um, and our translocations seemed like they were unsuccessful. And then um, with the help of our local staff in Fallon, the biologist there, Jason Salisbury, some, some key water developments and some treatments uh, to remove some of the pinyon juniper, that population is now 600 animals. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's <laughs> bursting at the seams. And so it was, it was good for us to kind of have a release valve and to... Um, reduce that density of that of that herd and uh, share those we you know we would love to have the opportunity to uh, use those for us here but we're a couple years out from from a desert bighorn opportunity so Utah needed them and, and and the habitat kind of matched mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with their needs so
0: so it was a space where there were almost I mean it's a good thing bighorn sheep have been su- such a success but there was almost the numbers were outgrowing the room for them in a way, so we're able to now take some of those and help another state. Is that a way yes. to summarize it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great metric to be able to have the opportunity to remove sheep from a herd Yeah. to s- say that we've been so successful. Uh, again, statewide, we're over 12,000 bighorn and a little over 10,000 desert bighorn, um, more bighorn than any other lower 48 state and uh and it's it's really exciting and and I think if you talk to anyone within the the ranks of the wildlife agencies especially here in Nevada it's so rewarding to collaborate with another state because we were there 30 40 years ago Mm -hmm. um doing what we could to restore sheep uh in their historic ranges and to be able to help another state yeah
1: how how long is it have you guys been planning this like how long
2: two years so two years to get to this point? yeah, it's funny how I mean, and that's what happens a lot, but there's so much coordination that's needed, and uh you know our wildlife commission yeah uh, needed to get we needed to get their support and they Utah had a lot of um land management issues that they had to deal with and get get people on board and uh and then just planning the funding and capture crew. and
1: Yeah. The reason I ask that is every once in a while we'll get a comment or something on one of our social media posts. Or, why can't you guys just do this? Or, why can't you just do that? Right? It's not that easy. You can't just, Utah can't just call up Nevada and say, hey, we have sheep or we, we want to put send some sheep. Send us some and of we, your sheep. Yeah, <laughs> send us, load up some sheep and bring them over here in a trailer. Right? There's a lot that goes into it and permitting and clearances and disease testing and yep um
2: you can't just skip over all those steps no i mean we're, you know we're dealing with public land and um there's a lot of um open dialogue that needs to be done there and and then our, even ourselves uh, you spoke about disease testing and we have a requirement that we've placed upon ourselves which most states have that anytime we move bighorn sheep um, we're going to pre-sample, pre-test the herd to make sure that um, it doesn't have any nasty pathogens that we're concerned right. about that cause disease. We want to be responsible. Yep. Right. And so we had that capture occur in early October, um, you know, just, just about three, three and a half weeks before we did this capture. And uh, everything was po- uh, negative, so everything was good on that end. Right. And,
1: uh, and so you're capturing those sheep and sam- sampling some of those sheep before
2: you're even capturing them for it to be transplanted. Yeah, subset. Um,
0: I don't know if I even realized yeah. that. That's
2: it's a, and, and there's I a know. lot. So there's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, you're right. And uh, the public only sees sometimes the, the final. And that video, um, Ashley, you're going to show, it is way cool. And that is the final liberation. Mm-hmm. Of the sheep at the base of the mineral mountains in Utah, but there's a lot that that culminates into that. That yeah, final that's why it was excitement. so cool. Right. Such
0: a good video, and it was done by Utah because it was during the release. But it just, it is like that moment of they're being released into their new habitat. Yeah, I've been on a few
1: releases of new populations of sheep, and looking back on it, it was really special mm-hmm. to to be part of that release. And so those people that were there for Utah,
2: they're going to forever
0: remember
1: be that. able to say,
2: like, hey, I remember when those 51 sheep got released right there. Yeah, they ha- and they had over 50 people on the first day of the release. Oh,
0: right? wow.
2: Yeah, there was two, two days of release. We, um, we had a goal of 50 animals, and we ended up um, sharing 51. Mm-hmm. And so the first day, 23 were captured. And uh, it's about an eight-hour drive just kind of taking Highway 50 across Nevada and then into Utah. Um, And the release site was just west of Interstate 15, just west Mm. of Beaver, Utah. And uh, that release went well. But um, another added um, effort that was needed behind the scenes is Utah has a requirement to test for brucellosis in any ungulate that is brought into the state. Mm -hmm. And so we actually had volunteers, with the Wild Sheep Foundation in state of Utah that flew the samples back to the lab uh, that's on the Wasatch Front. Right. So that we could, as e- soon as they opened their doors the next day, they could have those tests run. And the sheep only had to sit in the trailer one night. Uh, we actually housed them at our Steptoe Valley <laughs> Wildlife <laughs> Management Area, which was a great opportunity for them to get halfway uh, over to the release site and mm-hmm. then they got up early and and continued on Highway 50 and then uh, they were released about 1 o'clock in the afternoon and and then the next day we, uh, while we, they were releasing we were, were continuing to capture a total of 28 um, mostly ewes with a few young rams and they took off about 3, 3.30 in the afternoon again got to step-toe uh, hung out there for a few hours, got some sleep, and then they were back on the road. All the tests were negative for that brucellosis test that uh, Utah Department of Agriculture does, and then um, they were liberated too.
1: So right. you said that, um, that you guys set out to capture 50. How do you set, this might be way too more long of an answer for what time we have, but how do you set how many sheep? And then second part is, do you like go for rams and ewes and lambs or uh, do you just,
2: whatever the capture crew can catch or? Well, you know, for us, if we're reintroducing, we certainly like to have more than 20 and um, Utah felt that they, it's a great chunk of habitat and let's just get it done. And so Mm -hmm. we agreed to 50, which is a big compliment, Um, but we've got, you know, like I said, 600 on the. East Range and Stillwater um, herds. So, in terms of uh, complement of the sexes, definitely we want more baby makers, more ewes. Right. But uh, we all take, we always take the attendant lambs um, that are with their moms. Right. And then we we gave them uh, eight or nine rams, mm-hmm. um, and so um, their uh, uh, ungulates are. They live a polygamy system, so they're polygamous, So it only takes a few rams to uh, breed all the ewes, and so we definitely um, wanted to give them a few, but not not okay. not that many.
1: Yeah. So as they come in, then you're just telling them like, "All right, more ewes, more ewes." Yeah. Hey, here's a ram. And okay, typically
2: this time of year, a lot of the young rams are kind of uh, off by themselves a all little right. bit, but there's sometimes a few of them with the with the ewe lamb groups, and uh, the crew did great. Uh, we distributed the capture across probably a 30-mile swath of the East Range and Stillwaters, kind of taking a few here and there. Yeah. When you
0: sense. say crew, who are you referring Like, who all is a part of this? Yeah,
2: and, and we have uh, what I call aerial cowboys.
0: Aerial cowboys.
2: And so been, it's kind of the standard now, West Y, to use a helicopter uh, with, with a pilot, gunner, and a mugger. Uh, they shoot a net out of a net gun which is a modified 308 rifle um, with a canister on the end. They shoot blanks um, and there's weights, there's four weights on the corners of about a nine-foot net and so the capture crew is first searching for the animals once they find the animals on the hillside they'll, they'll fly into position moving the animals uphill and when they're at the slowest speed that they can be, which is going uphill and then turning, that's when they shoot. typically shoot the net. Uh, sometimes they'll get two, maybe three in the net at once. And then they, they jump out, hover over the ground. Uh, the mugger will immediately blindfold the animal, um, really calms them down. And then they hobble the, all four legs together. They uh, take a, a, a temperature on the mountain and they place them in a sling bag uh, that is then attached to cables that are slung under the helicopter and then they typically come back in with three or four animals at a time to our base camp so the uh, the helicopter capture crew did a great job we've been working with them for almost a decade and uh, yeah it's uh, they're a huge key component to Mm the success
0: and then um, when you're actually on the ground with the capture, I guess. The base camp. Base, base camp. base camp. Yeah. That's the word. That's what I was looking for yeah. on the ground. Um,
2: that's where we had a great group of volunteers. So that's
0: volunteers and Yeah, we had employees. teams
2: that were matched with, with uh, seasoned veteran biologists and, yeah. and volunteers. And they would carry the animals once they were dropped safely and very gently onto the ground. We weigh them and we, we uh, process them, uh, collect some samples, uh, we place a collar on them and uh, identification tag, and we look at their vitals, their heart rate, their respiratory rate, and, uh, and then their, um, we actually gave them a sedative. Um, so anything over about a three or four hour ride in a trailer, um, we like to kind of takes the edge off of the Yeah, animals. it's probably better for yeah. them. Yeah. And so Westwide, the veterinarians have come up with a, a drug called haloperidol. And, uh, that, that, uh, gives them the opportunity to just kind of chill out in the trailer. And because the next morning they're up alert and, uh, but most of the traveling is done and, and, uh, they're in great shape. Awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I want to get into all of this when we get back, but we are out of time for the first half of the show. You are listening to Nevada Wild. I'm long
2: gone to Saskatchewan, where the getting's good if
0: you're getting gone. I'm going to put
2: my boots and my hat back on, because I'm long gone to Saskatchewan, long gone to Saskatchewan
0: you enjoy listening to our podcast leave us a review on itunes and soundcloud for more information on hunting fishing boating and all things wildlife go to endow.org now back to the show Welcome back to Nevada Wild. We are here today with Mike Cox, our, one of our game division biologists. Staff specialist. Staff specialist. Big horn, to, dude, big horn dude. I'm sorry. I'm trying to simple, no. simplify <laughs> it. But he is a staff specialist. So he's big in the bighorn sheep world. Yep. And um, we were we talked a little bit about volunteers before going into the break. You said that made up a huge part of the crew that was out there doing this bighorn sheep capture. Um, so this is, I mean, this is an ongoing thing where we're always looking for volunteers and what an opportunity for them to volunteer mm-hmm. if they want to get involved.
2: Yeah, um, we we had probably 15 volunteers out with us last weekend, and uh, it was great. And they all got to handle the sheep and were really key to the, the base camp operation. So we've got captures coming up in November with... a. They're not going to be as big a scale. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be capturing um, ten here and fifteen there. So, uh, but we do have we'll have a few slots available. So, um, Julie Watson, our volunteer coordinator, will be assisting us in um, trying to find a few more volunteers to help us. We think it's going to be the week uh, Veterans Day week, November 11th in in two weeks. So okay. But the biggest amount of volunteer opportunities will be in January. And uh, so, for all of you that it's like, well, gosh, why aren't you releasing sheep in Nevada, giving right. them away to Utah? Um, Everybody always wants to keep a, you know, <laughs> Right. Well, that, that was giving some deserts away. And in January, we have um, three captures for augmenting and reintroducing California bighorn sheep. Right here in Nevada, and so we'll definitely be looking for uh lots of volunteers for tho- for those captures gonna be mid mid january so look look at our website in uh, late December. We'll probably have that posted, and uh that'll be exciting uh, a really little exciting. bit chillier mm-hmm bundle
0: up yeah prepare <laughs> ahead of time <laughs>
2: so how does that work then for scheduling
1: wise, if it's in November for the next capture but then all the way till Jan. is that just the capture crew and the moving parts of all that
2: yeah there's there's a the timing of a lot of things um, again uh, people may not realize uh, you know we're really concerned and we do don't want to put any undue stress on the animals uh-huh. and so we have um, the the rut or the breeding oh, yeah. season and then we have the pregnancy of those ewes and we never want to be touching ewes in that last um, semester of their, of their trimester of pregnancy. Uh, they have a six month gestation period. So the deserts give birth earlier. So we wanna be able to capture deserts earlier in October and November. And then we have a little bit more time to capture our Rocky Mountain and California Bighorn because they don't give birth until April, May. And so we'll, we'll uh, still be in a safe zone and not being affected Um, yeah makes sense those pregnant ewes plus we have some hunts um we want to avoid you know elk hunters deer hunters and sheep hunters that are out there and try not to fly over anyone right it's not
1: just sheep out there right we have a bunch of different things yeah so it's
2: amazing that uh there is uh, you know we talked about the coordination of trying to make it work make it work for everybody right so uh but yeah it's going to be exciting um we've got The California big horn captures will occur in Humboldt County and then we have an augmentation in um, northern Washoe and in um, Humboldt County and uh, we're excited about that. And then we've been working for years to assist, kind of like Utah, um, people go up to Pyramid Lake and play, a great place to play. Well, uh, we are collaborating with the Pyramid Lake Paiute Tribe. And reintroducing bighorn sheep to the lake range for the first time ever that
0: Mm. is huge
2: and the last time you know um, we had um, explorers um, John C Fremont Mm -hmm. wrote about seeing a plethora of bighorn throughout the lake range when he traveled through in the 1800s and so we're excited to restore sheep there and they're excited to build a bighorn sheep management program and uh, it's just uh, been a great collaborative effort
0: so that's the one in january then that's one the of the one? three in that january is so cool and
2: then the other two will be um on blm lands again in, in northern northwestern and
0: Nevada. you said that's california california and bighorn sheep okay not yep. the rocky mountain
2: yeah we don't have any rocky mountain captures okay. uh, slated gotcha
0: So, and then it's just by, you could head to endow.org, go to our volunteer opportunities. Is that the page this will listed, be listed on along with all of our other opportunities.
1: And these are pretty sought after slots though. This is huge. Not very many opportunities in life to get your hands on a live bighorn sheep. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can go hunt for bighorn sheep and some, some people do that, but to actually touch a live one.
0: And be a part of the process of like and testing it, making sure it's healthy, sampling it. It's yeah. just, it's so very cool. unique.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. To I, feel, the first time you feel a bighorn sheep's horn and you can feel the heat that comes off their horn is, it's crazy. Just the amount of facts and stuff you learn just being around Mike and the crew. And there's so many cool parts to it that, yeah, I would recommend
2: anybody that wants to get out there, take a day off work. and Yeah, bring your family out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it's, I, I, I love it. I've been doing this for 26 years and, um, you can't keep me away. Yeah. I show up even with, uh, crutches.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty awesome.
0: I went, it's, I was just telling Aaron that I've been here two years now, which it feels like I just started here. But I went in my first year on a capture and I realized it hasn't been since then. So I have to get back out this year because it was a really, really cool experience. Right. And then, um, oh, what were you going to say, Mike? Well, I wanted
2: to touch on, um, so yes, it's the translocations, They're, they're really neat to do a lot of work involved, Mm -hmm. but we take them really, really serious and we don't, we don't want to put sheep in a place where they're not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a lots of challenges out there on the landscape. So we always look first in our toolbox to, if we have populations that are bursting at the seams, um, they're, they're drinking a lot of water out of their guzzlers in some and then in some instances they drink them dry, mm-hmm. um, and to uh, to move some of those as those densities those herds build, but uh, sometimes we don't have a good uh, long term safe place where uh, we've got enough resources and we don't have disease issues, and so sometimes we we have we use our other management tool uh, of harvest, and so we we've had bighorn you harvest for about five years now and um, we will use those if we can't find a good suitable home for these populations that are that are um, you know above five six hundred animals like the Stillwaters. Mm -hmm. so uh, but we use both and um, uh, so we've got some opportunities down the road but for deserts and we're kind of waiting for some things to happen and and some approval processes but mm-hmm. uh, uh we're going to continue to uh, do both in managing our herds uh, responsibly
1: right T- over 10,000 deserts in Nevada now that's yeah. not a small number so you're you're there's a lot of moving parts a lot of stars need to align to get something to pull off whether that's the U hunts or moving them
2: right yeah and we want to keep um, a safe distance from uh domestic sheep and and then, we, you know, uh, if you drive around Nevada, it's amazing. Uh, there's lots of little farm flocks that people have, um, you know, whether they're pets or what have you. Yeah. And so we're, we're trying to avoid the potential interaction uh, and the potential disease transmission. So, uh, so anyway, there's a lot of work to be had. Um, and we want to continue to um, see more sheep in more places in Nevada for everyone to enjoy. Yeah for sure it's one of the success stories that we have for sure our state animal it is
0: our state animal too
1: well
2: when you and you look at our habitat like the habitat that Utah has it's just so well suited it's rocky it's nasty Um, it may not be suited for other animals that need a bit more forage like an elk or a deer and uh, they they they're so well designed physiologically to deal with the uh, limited water resources that we have and so uh, Nevada was built
0: for Big Horn. for Sheet. Bighorn
2: yeah yep. yep.
0: and now they're hopefully this um this recent release we did in Utah is gonna help with their yeah
2: we're water. always excited yeah. to hear how things are going most of them got a, a a GPS collar that we will know they'll know where they're going what they're doing uh what summer range winter range the water sources they find and so we're we're gonna we're gonna be excited to hear about their success
0: i was gonna say is that really valuable information for us too because it's understanding where the populations do well and don't do
2: yeah we you know definitely we we're learning something new every Mm -hmm. day and uh we do make an effort to match the habitat the climate um and uh, between the source population and and their new home, the the release site. So uh, it'll be interesting um, to see how this one does.
0: And hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's another success story.
2: I I think it will be. Yeah. (laughs) I know it will be. Yeah, I
1: saw the picture or the video and then the pictures of the, the sheep where they released and it looks like sheep habitat. Yeah. It looks like you could look up there and see sheep in there, so
2: yeah big boulders big um,
1: craggy rocks up high and yeah it looks good so
0: well we're on to our last minute anything else you want to say before we wrap this up
2: I you know I want to thank as always in fact I have a check here uh, that that we just got in today from one of our sportsman's groups one of our conservation groups that are dedicated to bighorn sheep and much of what we do is um, fueled by their um donations and 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 so just give a big shout out to all the bighorn support groups that we have they're the best in the west (laughs) there's no other state that has as much support um that uh provides us the ability to do the success and, and have the success that we've had
1: yeah we're very lucky to have those groups and not just for bighorn sheep but they you know the, the money that they put back to conservation benefits all wildlife.
2: Yeah, yeah. and they're big into so many other arenas like w- uh, wildfire restoration, right. you name it. So, yep.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you, Mike, for joining us today. And um, thanks, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild.